Hallelujah. I'm glad that you thought it not robbery to be here today by coming and blessing us with your presence. We are in a series of lessons. We said that winning is key in 2023. This month of October, which is the fifth uh, Sunday, we've been talking about remaining a winning church. Now, how are we going to do that? We're going to do it through God's holy writ, His holy word. I had something else I wanted to talk about today, but I, I don't know. This thing just wouldn't leave me from last week when I shared with you that procrastination has delayed your advancement. Say that again. Your procrastination has delayed your advancement. You should be further than where you are right now, but you decided that you didn't want to get up and move on the behalf of God. You wanted to do it your own way and not receive God's way. So it has delayed your advancement. If God showed you where you are supposed to be, it would make you cry right now. But because you are your own hold up, you can't blame nobody else. But your procrastination has hindered your advancement. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to talk today on how to conquer procrastination. Say that with me, how to conquer procrastination. If you will, come away with me to Proverbs 24 and 3. If you have your iPhone, just download our app and there will be notes there in our app. Oh, thank you, Lord. We had an awesome time yesterday at the wedding feast. Amen. Amen. Such a blessed time to see two wonderful people come together as one. Amen. Looking for some good things to come out of the Bimbo household. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Because over in the, the beehive, we're still buzzing. We're still honey in the cone. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. That's what we want y'all to have, too. Oh, yeah. One day, some of y'all, y'all going, y'all going, y'all going, y'all going. Amen. One day. One of these old days. <laughs> How to conquer procrastination. Let's go to Proverbs 24 and 3. Uh, we're going to teach and learn today. Amen. I feel excited. I feel like Ella Warren today. I'm so excited. Amen. <laughs> Through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding. It is established. So wisdom helps us build a house. Understanding helps us establish the house. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Y'all see that? So let me see if I got this right. If I have wisdom, I'm going to build my house right. And if I got a good understanding, the Bible tells us that all I get and get an understanding. Things will be established. I don't have to worry my head off. And then if I have the right knowledge, oh my God. 
My chambers are going to be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So if I work this word right, I shouldn't have a sad, worry life. He's telling me that if I get it right with God, I'm going to be filled with precious and pleasant riches. Now, I didn't, I didn't write that. That's in the text. Hallelujah. So all you sad folk want to be mad and sad all the time, y'all going about y'all business. But for me and my house, we're going we're gonna to live like this right here. Write this down. Success depends on how much we know about something, not how we feel about it. Has nothing to do with your feelings. You can feel all day long, but if you don't know nothing to do anything, ain't nothing going to happen. If we're going to build our lives, we must conquer procrastination. Time is of the essence. Say that with me. Time, Time is of the essence. We cannot afford to delay or postpone assignments of God. If God has given you an assignment, you cannot postpone that assignment. I'm glad you came today. We're going to slow it. We'll slow it down. Ephesians 5 and 15. Look what it says. We have the scriptures on the screen for your edification. See then that ye walk circumspectly. Watch this. Not as fools, but as wise. Y'all see that? What else? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now that's in the King James Version, but I want to read it in the Good News uh, version, good news translation. All right? Look what it says. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like ignorant people, but like wise people. Make good use of every opportunity you have because these are evil days. Time is of the essence. You don't have time to waste to be messing around with folk, as we used to say back when, shucking and jiving. Disconnect with those people who not going anywhere. And I don't care if they're your blood. Because there's some kin folk, they're jealous of you, and they don't want you to go nowhere but down. You didn't like that version. I'm going to give you another one, the CEV. Mm -hmm, contemporary English version. Look what it says. Act like people with good sense. And not like fools. Are y'all hearing me? These are evil times, so make every minute count. Say it with me. I have to make every minute count. Some of this senseless stuff, these arguments that we're having, it's senseless. It's wasting time. 
You should do it right the first time so you don't have to wait down the road where you done done it wrong three times and now you finally get it right. Man, wake up. Some of us done wasted so much time over nonsense. It really didn't mean anything. It wasn't going to get you anywhere. It hadn't got you anywhere. You're still in the same place, marking time, and you have moved forward. It's going to get better. So here's some funny procrastination saying I got to... I got to, you know, fluff it up and, and get you uh, on ease first so before I tell you what I want to tell you. A man said to his friend, it took me forever, but I finally learned to procrastinate. Right. <laughs> You'll get that tomorrow, okay? It takes some people a long time to learn to procrastinate, but for other people, it just comes naturally. <laughs> no more putting off things off. I'm going to do my procrastinating today instead of tomorrow. Why wait until tomorrow to put it off? Just start putting it off today. We're not talking about you, right? There's another saying. Now, this one sounds so sophisticated. I'm not procrastinating. I'm proactively delaying the implementation of the energy intense phase of the project until the, inf the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, inf uh, the, the factors is at its maximum effectiveness. That's so all I can say, you're right. A husband lying on the couch explained to his wife, he said, I'll have you know you're talking to the leader of the largest nation on earth. And his wife asked, and what nation is that? He answered, procrastination. Oh. Oh. Are you a leader of that nation? A guy looking at a sign that said, Future site of the Procrastinators Club. I wonder how many, how long that sign has been there because. <laughs> and the last time when we talked about procrastination, we learned that there is a national organization of procrastinators headquarters in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Supposedly, it was formed in 1957. And at one time had several thousand members. Now I tried to Google it, but I couldn't find it. I did find a Facebook page for the National Association of Procrastination, known as the NAP. NAP. <laughs> and I did find a procrastination association that even has a procrastinator's creed. Look what the creed said. The creed includes the following beliefs and comments. It says, I believe that if any is worth doing, it would have been done already. <laughs> I shall never move quickly except to avoid more work or find excuses. This is the creed. I will never rush into a job without a lifetime of consideration. 
I firmly believe tomorrow holds the possibility for new technologies, astounding discoveries, and a reprieve from my obligation. I truly believe that all deadlines are unreasonable regardless of how of the amount of time given. This is their creed. If at first I don't succeed, there is always next year. I shall always decide to not to decide unless, of course, I decide to change my mind. You listen to their creed. I will never put off until tomorrow what I can forget about forever. One comedian said procrastination isn't the problem, it's the solution. So procrastination now, don't put it off. And as, as funny as all this sounds, in reality, it isn't a laughing matter. Procrastination can cause many problems and can lead to disastrous consequences. Now, let's explore the subject of procrastination since I got your attention by exploring several questions. Amen. And it's quiet, so that means you must be listening. Here's the first question. What things do we procrastinate about? If we're being honest, then we all would have to admit that we all are guilty of procrastinating about something at some point, right? Do we have anyone here who have never procrastinated about anything ever? And if you raise your hand, we're going to ask you to just quietly come down to the altar. Because you really need prayer for lying. But we procrastinate about a lot of things in life. Hallelujah. First... You ready? You taking notes? We procrastinate about mundane things. Sometimes we procrastinate about certain tasks that are hard to get motivated to do, like cleaning out a closet or a storage room or getting through the stack of mail or a stack of old magazines or returning a phone call, you know, stuff like that. And every time we pass by that closet, you already know, that must be you, hallelujah. I'll do it later. Anybody ever been guilty that I'll do it later? See, God has put something in you to not put off for tomorrow. Some of you have books down in you. That you've been to my, ooh, I'm going to write this book. He told you that in, in 2000. It's 23 years later. Why y'all looking like that? I'm going to go and I'm going to get the training because I really believe God leading me to do this. And you haven't done it yet. I'm going back soon. I'm going to get, I'm, ooh, I'm, 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 I'm going. 
You've been going for 20 years. You could have been had your doctorate by now. When we procrastinate about doing boring or mundane jobs, it's usually no big deal. But the thought that these things need to be done will nag us until we do them. Man, we got stuff in our garage that we can't even get in there. What was the purpose for a garage anyway? The purpose was for you to park your car inside your garage. But your garage is not fulfilling the purpose in which it was made. You have stuff that you have overdone. We start being so greedy until we couldn't just use a refrigerator and a little old small freezer. We had to go get the big freezer and put it at the house. And if we went in there right now, we'll see all that freezer burnt stuff sitting right up in there. There's stuff that's back, packed in the back of your freezer that you haven't even seen in years. If you go and look at the, the, look at the date on them, some of them are three years old. Frozen. Just look straight ahead. Nobody know who I'm talking But you've been telling yourself, I'm going to get to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then we got the nerve to tell uh, your God and everybody else, uh, I ain't got nothing to eat. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to eat. Right. Then it come to you, oh, okay, you got stuff in your mouth. I don't want that. All right, so the second thing we procrastinated about is important things. Everybody say important things. Unfortunately, sometimes we procrastinate when it comes to doing something really important things like going to the doctor for a checkup. Uh-oh. Or completing a project at work or doing our income tax or writing out our wheels and changing the oil in our car, or starting that diet or exercise program. I'm going to start at the first beginning of the year. Since this year is almost over, I'm going to start in January. Ooh, I got all my stuff laid out. I'm going to start in January. Now, you done said that 100 Januarys ago. Yeah, on January, baby, we're going to get it. We're going to do it. We're going to get this thing together. We're going to be ready. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna come up with a regiment where we can just, you know, exercise and we're going to eat right. And then somebody bake you a cake. 
And I mean, got all the butter and the icing and the sugar and everything in it. Oh, and it looks so good. You know what we say? We'll start next week. Some of us, we procrastinated so for so many years that we have done our bodies a disservice. We don't take care of ourselves. And even the young people, we don't, they don't take care of themselves because we used to be young. We done been there. Yeah. Did our bodies a disservice eating all them honey buns and... Hey, Bishop, now lay off the honey bun. I want me one right now. Just lay off the honey bun now. You tell you get something else now. Don't mess with my honey bun. And the doctor already told you what you need to do. But no, you grown. I can put this off some more. Until something happens. Important stuff. And I don't know what's wrong with us. As a people of color. Cushites. African Americans. We don't want to do paperwork. We don't want to do a will. Well, I'm going to get around to it. State come and take stuff and hold up stuff because you didn't want to do the paperwork. And, and if you're not going to do a will, I know you ain't ready to do a trust. It's like every generation of our people have to start over again. Because we don't want to do the paperwork. And we procrastinate so much till we don't think about nobody but ourselves. What about leaving the next generation something? If our parents would have just left us a little something. If we made it off of what they did not give us, come on here. If our folk made it off of what they did not give us, can you imagine if they gave us what we were owed? How further up the road we would have been. Legacy is not how much you can gather for yourself while you're here on the earth. Legacy is what you leave behind while you're not here on the earth. There are people that are leaving things behind to bless the next generation, but it is not our people. So we got to stop procrastinating and start thinking about what we're going to leave while we'll go. We make the devil mad while we are going on to be with the Lord. Yeah. 
even a predominantly black church, we wonder how some of the, you know, the other churches do as well as they do because people are thinking about legacy. They're thinking about what they're going to leave behind for the next group. We think about what we're going to have right now. Hallelujah. One fellow said, yeah, man, I got 12 children. I ain't going to leave none of them anything. You a sorry excuse for a man. Why you living anyway? You ain't giving nobody nothing. But just lending your, hallelujah, you'll see, I'll say you'll see. <laughs> Start to say something else, y'all. Got, I got company. I got to be good. Hallelujah. <laughs> My wife said thank you. So when we procrastinate on these kinds of things, it can prove to be very costly to our health or our wallet or both. You either going to pay now or pay later. That that you're not going to do to your body right now, you're going to pay later. Either you're going to invest in it now or you're going to invest in it later. And on the back end, it costs more. If you take your vitamins now and do what you're supposed to do now, it costs less. Some of us don't procrastinate it so much so until we don't have any insurance. And if we did have some, we don't let it lapse. And then the kid vote, you got to call everybody, worry everybody half the death to scrape up them pennies to bury it. How much you got? Can you give 500? How about you? Can you give 100? You know, we got to bury them. Ooh, I can hear the air conditioning units right now. <laughs> I've been doing this so long, and, and God knows it's so sad. Majority of the people that we have to, you know, funeralize, they don't have no insurance. Now, that's one of the first questions. Listen, do they have any insurance? Well, they did. They did? <laughs> well, they got upset and they let it lapse. What? Horrible. Horrible. Now, you, you, you what you're saying about your name is that you don't want your name to be carried forward. A good name is to rather be chosen than jewels or gems. Leave your good name a good name. When you leave here, leave your good name a good name. I don't know how much more y'all can take this. Let me go on here. Thirdly, we procrastinate about spiritual things. Uh-oh. Which are the most important things. And tragically, we sometimes procrastinate when it comes to important spiritual matters such as 
reading our Bibles or spending time in prayer or giving up a sinful habit or talking to loved ones or friends about Jesus or even accepting Christ and being baptized. We procrastinate. Just like at any given Sunday, like this Sunday. We're going to make the altar call. Well, I'll do it later. I'll get saved later. You've been saying that how many years? And getting saved, you still haven't done it yet. I'll get right with God. I'm going to stop that in a moment. And you procrastinate. And you're still doing the same old thing. And you're still in the same boat. Procrastinating on important spiritual matters cannot only have a serious effect on our relationship with God. It can even have an eternal consequences for us and for others. So that's why the subject of procrastination is such an important one for us to address today. So my question, second question for you, how, why, why, why do we procrastinate? Why? When we procrastinate, we all exhibit the same symptoms, which is we are not doing something that we need to be doing. Most people that come to church, they know they need to be saved. They know they need to have Christ in their life. But for some reason, they feel like, ooh, I'm going to miss something if I give it all to Christ. No, baby, you're going to gain something. Matter of fact, you're going to gain everything. You're going to gain eternal life. This is the best time of my life. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I was out there too. Just like you. But we came in. Thanks be to God that he saved us just in time. After today, will you procrastinate about your salvation? Will you wait any longer? Will you procrastinate about getting busy in a church where God wants to use you, your gifts, and your talent? Why are you procrastinating about being a part of a moving, thriving church? I know what it is. You're procrastinating. That's what it is. What do we need to realize it is that although the symptom is similar, that doesn't mean it's coming from the same cause. For instance, if you have a, have a pain in your foot, and I have a pain in my foot, the symptom is the same. We both have pain. Right? But if our treatment of the pain is going to be effective, we must discover the cause of the pain. And if the pain is coming from a splinter that is infected, the treatment is going to be very different than if the pain is coming from a pulled tendon or a broken bone. We all experience pain, but it's coming from a different source. And we got to learn where the pain is coming from so that we can get rid of the pain. Amen. 
So if we are going to conquer procrastination, then we need to be aware of the root cause. So why do we procrastinate? First, sometimes we procrastinate because we are afraid. If it is a decision that we must make, we may be afraid of making the wrong decision. And that's why some people procrastinate. A person might be avoiding the dentist because they are afraid of the dentist or the pain that sometimes comes from addressing problems with our teeth. But how many of you know that a person might also delay going to the doctor because they're afraid of what the doctor might find or what the doctor might tell you to do? So fear can cause us to procrastinate and our fears must be addressed dress if we are going to be able to get moving. Yes, it may be painful. They got to cause more pain in your mouth, but yes, they got to cause more pain to get rid of the pain that you are experiencing. If they do not cause more pain, your pain is going to get worse and worse and worse. Let me tell you something. It get bad enough. You don't care if they snatch all your teeth out. <laughs> Bible said two things that will aggravate you to no ends. A toothache and a foot out of joint. Your toes and your teeth are the most sensitive things on your body. And when they're not operating right, you ain't ready to do nothing. No matter how good the rest of your body is, if your toes are all messed up, you're going to sit right there and say, y'all go right ahead. I'm just going to sit right here. Y'all go ahead. Second, sometimes we procrastinate because of we are perfectionists. Perfectionists may be afraid of failure. Perfectionists procrastinate until they are sure they have enough time to complete the project or till they are sure that they know everything they need to know or have the right conditions. They may even wait until the last moment so that they can blame any shortcomings of the finished product on insufficient time. I ain't have enough time. If I had more time, I would have done a good job. And so being a perfectionist, can cause us to procrastinate or our perfectionism must be addressed. Some of us think that we have to do everything just right before God can bless us. If you procrastinate and not do anything, you don't know how God going to use even your imperfection. Every person in the Bible God used was not perfect. They were imperfect people, but God used imperfect people. You don't have to be perfect for God to use you. As a matter of fact, there's nobody in here that's perfect, but God is moving us to a maturity, and that's what he's talking about. Let us mark the perfect man. In other words, the mature person. God wants us to be mature in the things of God. But how are you going to mature when you ain't doing nothing? <laughs> when the 
third way, sometimes we procrastinate to show others who is the boss. Now, this is something referred to as being passive aggressive. It is the indirect expression of hostility through procrastination. So the people might say to himself or herself, I know I should be starting this task, but my spouse have been bugging me about it, and I'm going to show them who is in charge. How many times you married folk have done something crazy, and you know they right, but you ain't going to do it because you feel like they bugging you? You don't. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help the entire family, but you don't want to do it because they bugging you. And you don't want to do it because it's not your idea. If it was your idea and you were getting the credit, then you would be all for it. But because it wasn't your idea, we're not going for it. I'm going to show them that I'm the boss here. How many times have we seen this idiotic type of behavior in a family with a husband and a wife because the other one want to have the upper hand and showing them, I showed you. Well, here is the really, the, it, it, go, listen, rewrite your playbook. Because we are not each other's enemy. We are on the same team. If my wife succeeds, I succeed. If I succeed, she succeeds. We don't have to fight with each other because it's going to bless the whole household. If she get money, that means we got money. If I get money, that means we got money. She get a car, that means we get a car. She get a house, that means we get a house. I'm going to get blessed in the process because I'm blessed by connection. That's why the devil want to separate us and don't want us to be together in anything because he don't want us to have anything. Some of us are causing our own misery. We're on the same team. We're not each other's enemy. That Devil is our enemy. Hallelujah. Oh, we got to fight about where we're going to go to church. Let's find a place and let's serve together. Hallelujah. Why we want to fight about which car we're going to drive? They all go get us to the same place. Sometimes it's going to be give and take. You don't want to eat at a restaurant. They don't want to eat at the other restaurant. I don't like that. And you don't like, well, let's find something that we all can get some. And we come out of there laughing. Hallelujah. It's amazing how the enemy will have us to be able to 
can, we can dialogue and communicate with everybody else. But can't even talk to each other. Bimbos, don't y'all be like some of these other folk right here. I got to counsel all the time. Y'all be better. Y'all be better than that. Amen. If you do it right, you don't have to be always, Bishop, we need some more counseling. What? You don't need no counseling. You need to do counseling. Come on, folk, when you tell them what they, they need to do, I don't want to do that. Most counselors get their time wasted. And the people waste their time, too. We both have just wasted it's like procrastination, if, it, if you will. We both have wasted each other's time. Because I'm here and I really don't want to be here. You here, you don't really want to be here. You don't really want to do what I tell you. But you're just trying to just check that block that I went to counsel and see, it didn't even work. No, it didn't work because you didn't want to do it. And not that you didn't want to do it, you ain't going to do it. As soon as you leave my office, you're, I ain't doing that. I don't care what Rim say. I don't care what the bishop say. I ain't doing it. I wish you'd have told me in advance. I sure enough would have got you out of there quicker. I wish you'd have told me quicker. <laughs> so you say. I'm going to show them because, see, they bugging me. Procrastination can be a way of getting back at people we are angry with. Like procrastinating to get ready to go to a function so you, as you, you know, you go, I'm, you, I'm, I'm going to make us late. Just to get back at the person uh, who wants to get there on time, you say, I'm going to on purpose be on late. I'm going to be late. Now, you know they like being on time, but you're going to be on purpose. Uh-uh, I ain't going to be on time. I'm going to be late. That's vindictive. That's downright evil. Now, you know they want to be on time, but uh-uh, I'm going to be late on purpose. I'm going to start an argument. And since they get so upset, they say, well, that's all right. We ain't got to go. That's what you was after all the moment. You really didn't want to go, but you want to procrastinate. But what they need to do is say, uh-uh, I don't care how they will get yourself. We're gonna, I'm going to help you. We're getting ready to get out of here. What you need? Well, I'm going to go get your shoes. Where your shoes at? Huh? Where your wig? Let me get your wig for you. What else you need? Teeth? Oh, here you go, your teeth right here. What, what, what else you need? What else you, well, I can't help you put that on, but praise the Lord. Whatever I can... <laughs> Huh? Baby, where my tire is right there. I'm putting it right there by your bed. Right there. Your tire right there. Yeah, Sunday, that devilish tire. You can't find your tire. I'm going to put it right there by the bed. Huh? We do that to be vindictive. I don't know why we let the devil do us like that. And we are like everything is fine. Ooh, I showed them. You ain't showed nobody nothing. You just hindered yourself. Because if you'd have been there on time, there was a blessing that was waiting on you, but you didn't get that one. You missed it because you, was up, you wasn't on time. Hallelujah. 
And so sometimes we procrastinate to show who is in control and our anger and hostility must be addressed if we are going to move forward. Number four, the fourth thing, we procrastinate because we lack perspective or management skills. See, now this person has a hard time knowing which tasks need to be tackled right away and which one, which can or should be delayed. So you got to have everything in its proper order. You got to organize better. They might spend the day re reorganizing a drawer in the kitchen when more, more important things would have been uh, getting the dinner made to feed the family or washing the sink full of dirty dishes. We can get that later. And so we may need some help with decision making and management skills. Amen. Now we all know that we all got drawers, you know, at our house that we put, it's called an everything drawer. You go to your everything drawer because you, you stuff everything in it. Amen. And most of us in our houses, we got batteries, brand new batteries that are out of date because we put them in the everything drawer. They way back up in there because you don't stuff stuff in it. They way back there in the back. Amen. You know what I call that? Wasted money. Hallelujah. And you don't find stuff until you get ready to move. You bought the house in 1998, and you get ready to move in 2023. And you, oh, this where this was right here. I was looking for this. You've been looking for that thing for 20 some years, 25 years. You've been looking for that thing. If you haven't used it by now, you really, you just, hey, you done bought five since that time. That's why you got a drawer full of scissors. Got a drawer full of screwdrivers. Them little kits where you got all the little, you can't find it, you go buy another one. Hallelujah. Because you procrastinate about cleaning those drawers out. Huh? And we all have been guilty of some type of procrastination. It's time for the people of God to stop procrastinating and do what God tells us to do. Now, I don't know how much longer we got here, but let's stop procrastinating. And let's get it together. Now, I know we all been foolish at some time in our life, but ain't nothing worse than an old fool. Now, when you're young fool, we can put up with you, but nobody want to put up with an old fool. <laughs> they be like, how old are you? I'll talk to you later. Fifth, sometimes we procrastinate because we are lazy or want to avoid what is difficult. Some people just want to do any, you know, do any more than they absolutely have to do. They just going to just do just enough to get by. That'll do. And for most of us, it's easier to do nothing than to do something. And most of us will delay starting a task that may be difficult or unpleasant in favor of more pleasurable activity. 
everything that's good is not going to be easy. And everything that benefits you and your family is not going to be the easiest thing to do. Some stuff is going to be hard to do. And if it was, you know, hey, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But there's some things that are going to be a little tough. But it's going to pay off in the long run. So these are some of the root causes that need to be considered as we talk about the next question. We got about eight minutes. How can we conquer procrastination? Let me share four principles for conquering procrastination. The four principles are arranged in the acronym of the word time, T-I-M-E. So in addition to addressing the root cause of your procrastination, these four principles can help us get moving in accomplishing more important things in our lives. Now the T stands for tune into God through prayer. That's the prayer principle. Say that with me, tune into God through prayer. So we need to start our day with prayer. How many of you try to start your day with prayer? Okay. Some days you miss, right? So you're going to try to do your best to start your day with prayer. The enemy, that's one thing he fights. He does not want us to be in tune with God. Because if you're in tune with God, I promise you, your day is going to go better. Are you following me? So some people pray, good morning, Lord. Others start with good morning, good, uh, good Lord, it's morning. So it doesn't matter. So we need to start the day saying, General Jesus, this is your private reporting for duty. We need to ask God to reveal to us our schedule and marching orders for the day. We're asking God, God, what will you have me to do for this day? You think that God will give us enough time to accomplish what he wants us to do on a given day? He will if we follow his schedule. So let's start by tuning in to God through prayer. Prayer is the principal thing. Prayer will do more than we can do. When we talk to God, God set things up before we get there. Our day is just getting started, but God sets up our day by us communicating with him. Amen. If we put our day in our hands, it's no telling what our day is going to end up being. But if we allow God to set our day up, we'll end up with less arguments. In the household. Because I've already talked to God. And he doesn't talk back to me. The I stands for identity. The priorities of the day. The principal priority. Say that with me. The principal priority. Years ago, Charles Schwab, the famous investor, asked a man named Ivy Lee to come and help him become more productive. Ivy Lee suggested a plan that was underwhelmingly simple. 
And he suggests that Schwab take time each day to write down the six most important things that he should do that day. Then he encouraged him to list them in order of their importance. And he should do the thing that the to at tops the list. And when he is finished, move on to the next. And Swab asked, he always said, how much do I owe you for this advice? And Lee says, use that method for several months and then send me a check based on how valuable it is to you. Several months later, Lee received a check from Charles Schwab for $25,000. See, with God's help, we can determine the priority of the things we need to do each day. And then work to complete them one by one. It's a principle. We got to learn the principles of the word of God. And then M stands for motivate yourself to act promptly. This is the promptness principle. Now let me ask you this question. How quickly should we obey God? Huh? Immediately. And when we have the sense that God wants us to do sometimes, how long should we delay our obedience? Because delayed obedience is disobedience. David wrote in Psalms 119 and 60, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. I like the example of many people in the Bible who responded immediately when God called them. Genesis 12, 1 and 2 and 2, the Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. In the rest of the verse 2 and 3, God describes how he will bless Abraham. Verse 4 says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. I'm telling you right now, as you go, God will bless you. Matthew 4 and 18 he says as Jesus was walking uh, beside the sea of Galilee he saw two brothers Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew and they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen Come, follow me, said Jesus, and I will send you out to fish for men. And at once they left their nets and followed him going on from there. He saw two other brothers, James and uh, James, son of Zebedee and his brother John. And they were in the boat and with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Can you say amen? I want to encourage all of us to cultivate the habit of instant obedience to God. As soon as we obey God, God turns around and blesses us through his word. The obedient child gets the blessing. Now, you can be mad with all those that have already set themselves to obey God, and you can look at them and talk about them all you want to, but they are going to be blessed because the Bible said that the obedient child will be blessed. Amen. Matter of fact, he said that obedience is better than sacrifice. 
Yes, they call themselves holding back the best part when God said, uh-uh, I don't want you to sacrifice me anything that all the pagans had uh, that they were doing. He said, but I, what I want you to do is just obey what I tell you when you go in the land. And that's how it is in each one of our household. God is waiting on us to obey his word and do what we tell he tell us to do, even though it may be hard. It may be hard telling your son that he cannot do that. It may be hard telling your daughter that she cannot do that. But God said, oh, Obey what I tell you and your whole household will be blessed. I'm telling you, obedience brings about blessings. Can you say amen? And as soon as we start doing it, the better we are going to be as the people of God because God operates out of obedience. And that's why when you come here Sunday after Sunday and you get word after word and you sit there and you don't obey the word, you are holding up your advancement. Because God said, I would have had you further down the road, but you wanted to sit there and sit on what I told you and not move and say it's not for you. It's for them. It's for her. It's for him. It's for them. No, God said it was for you, but you didn't want to do what I tell you to do. Don't look at the vessel that is coming out of, but you just obey my voice. The day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would you look down your room and tell them, say, obedience will get you a lot of places. Tell them, say, obedience. It can bless you instantaneously. Your obedience is going to bless you this week. Tell them, say, your obedience is going to bless you this month. Your obedience is going to bless you the rest of this year. Trust God. Try God. Do what he tell you to do and watch God move in your life. If you're not scared to say it, tell the people on your own, I need God to move in my life. Come on, if you're not scared, tell them, I need God to move on my behalf. Tell them, say, I got some situations right now. I got some things going on in my household right now. I got some things going on in my body right now. And I need God to move on my behalf. Who are you in here that need God to move on your behalf? Hallelujah. I'm tired of going from week to week, day to day, and nothing happening. I need God to show out on my behalf. I need God to turn things around. I need him to stop this thing. Hallelujah. I'm not waiting on anybody else anymore. And that's how you got to get. I ain't waiting on you. I done waited on you long enough. But if you don't want to move, I got to move by myself. It'll be nice if you come along with me. But if you don't want to come along, me and God, we're going to go on by ourselves. How many of you have made up your mind? I got to obey God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at you standing up in here with your blessed self. All because you dare to obey God. I don't care who's talking about you. Let them keep on talking. Let the liars keep on talking. The long-tongued liar keep on talking. The more they keep talking, the more God bless your life. And the more he bless your life, the more you're going to praise him in their face. God going to turn that thing upside down, right side up, and you're going to give them something to talk about. Would you touch somebody and tell them, 
say, my God is going to give them something to talk about. Hallelujah. Come on, tell them again. Tell them, say, your God is going to give them something to talk about. He didn't bring it this far to leave you. He's got more for you than more in store for you. He's a God of more than enough. I got to close this thing out now. But the last letter is E. Stand for, somebody say it. Energize your life with the power of God. Now, this is the power principle. Say that with me. This is the power principle. See, uh, there's some folk that counted you out. There's some folk that kicked you to the curb. And they say you will never make it. But you're here today in living color. Telling them that God is the one that brought me this far. You thought it would be over by now. But I'm just getting started. Would you look down your road and say, neighbor, I'm just getting started. Because God has energized me with his power. I got a new lease on life. I'm starting all over again. I got a new beginning. <laughs> Can you say amen? If you know you got a new beginning, now, if you know you've been energized, I want you to give God the praise and let him know that you are alive. I'm not operating on my own power. I'm operating under the power of God because with my flesh power, I'll be weak as water, but I'm operating under the power of God, the anointing of God. By myself, I can't do nothing, but with God's power. Somebody shout, I can do all things through Christ that give me strength. So early in this season, in this series of lessons, we talked about the fact that there will, if there's a will, God will supply the way or the power. And so here's a helpful catch thing. When we have a job to do, begin this very hour, you supply the will. God supplies the power. So that's all we got to give him. Give him our will. If you give him your will, he'll give the power. Now, can you say amen? And we can't do it without God's power. But God's power cannot work through us except when we win our will. If 
allows him to do so. Can you say amen? And so these four principles can help us conquer our tendency toward procrastination. It's called time. Can you say amen? Time. Tune in to God through prayer. Time. Identify the priority of the day. Motivate yourself to act promptly and energize yourself with the power of God. And so let's finish up this thing. Why should we strive for the conquer, the procrastination? Because procrastination does not take into account the uncertainty and brevity of life. Can you say amen? And so here it is. I won't boast for tomorrow. Can you say amen? For you do not know what a day may bring forth. Hallelujah to God. But I brag on my God. Because God, he will provide. Can you say amen? Take no thought for today. But tomorrow God will bless your life. Can you say amen? Whatever I need.
Middle East. Look what the devil is doing. He started a war, but I'm here to tell you, we've always been in a war, a spiritual war. There's a spiritual war that's going on. You got to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. start working, marking toward the mark of the high calling. I'm going to start moving toward what God has put in my spirit. He's giving me new dreams. He's giving me new vision, first natural, then spiritual. I need you to start walking toward what God called you to do. I'm going to move in towards it. God going to give me new dreams, new vision. I'm going to start moving toward it. No more procrastination. No more standing around. I ain't got to get permission from nobody. I'm going to start doing and obeying God. And I'm going to watch God move in my life. I'm going to see him bless my family. I got to be at the right place at the right time. Connected to the right people. 
God don't put me with nobody that don't want to go nowhere and don't want to do nothing and don't want to be nothing. Connect me with folk that can pull me up higher. Look at somebody and say, I want the, con the, I want the correct hookup. Tell them I need the right connection. God, connect me with people that have my interests at heart. No more procrastination. Procrastination and excuses are cousins. You know, excuses. Or satanic explanations. For the reason why we don't meet our obligations. Huh? So no more excuses. And no more procrastination. I'm moving out in God. I'm getting connected with the right people. I'm going to shake myself. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID uh, came. It's here to stay. But they're going to hold me back. Those of you that are watching this, it's time for you to come on back to church. Stop procrastinating. Get yourself back in church. You go everywhere else. They didn't hold you back from Walmart. See you in that bucket. You're riding all around. Walmart ain't got comfortable seats like we got in here. But you have yourself over there. Then you see me to my, hey, Pastor. I know you ain't seen me in a while, but I'm coming. When? In 2027? 20, Hallelujah. Stop your procrastination, ladies and gentlemen. God don't want to hear any more excuses. When you have a task, you have an assignment, you start working it. Especially in your church, you're on team ministry, you've been procrastinating too long. You haven't even been doing what you're supposed to do. Some of you all not even on a team. And then when people try to call you to check on you, you try to hide from them. They call you too much, you change your number. You don't want to be bothered. And all they're doing is just trying to be, give you a courtesy call to say, how you doing? We just miss you. Hallelujah. You don't want nobody to bother until you get sick. Then last month, I had so many people uh, that, that's on this road, this church right here. They ain't been here and I don't know when. But they called Bishop and I'm in the hospital. I know what that means. Everybody else can come, but you better have yourself up here to see me. They won't hardly be to see them. Hallelujah. But you know, kind person I am, I ain't going to do like them. Since they stay home from church, I ain't going to stay, stay home from going to see about them. But you know what? Y'all are unfair. 
So you think the, you think the pastor and the first lady don't have no feelings, so y'all just treat us any kind of way. Well, yeah, yeah, they'll see me when they see me. But when we get there, oh, it's so glad to see you. Just to think about little old me. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of them even told me, said, I know I ain't doing right. I know I ain't even been to church, but you still my bishop. I said, yeah, I know. Hallelujah. But see, when the shoe is on the other foot, you think I'm supposed to take it. Oh, he, got, he, he got all that power that he talking about, all that Holy Ghost and everything. He should be able to take it. You're going to want to hit a spot so long before it breaks. Hallelujah. We got all this leadership, all these deacons and elders and ministers here. If they come see you, that's just like me seeing you. You got a misguided expectation when you think that I'm the only one that can visit all these folks that we got. All the folks we got on the road, uh, uh, listen, if everybody on the road that come to church, it'll be standing room on. They'll be out in that foyer. Out there. Couldn't even get up in there. Like, like we have to start another service with everybody that we got on the road. And I know most of them that come on Wednesday. I don't know everybody else. Because see, sometimes I'm out witnessing and I'll be talking to people that say, Well, Bishop, I'm a million member. I say, Oh. I said, You're a member of the winning church? Yes. Oh, I saw you. I didn't. Well, now then they say, "Oh, but I ain't been in a while." Oh, okay, okay, okay. That 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 solves it right there. That's that's. We only know the people who we see most of the time. Did what they told me now. Y'all correct me. They say out of sight. That's what they told me now. So, but we'll, when we see you more, the more we get to know you. The more we get to hug on you and love on you. Get to know your children. Get to know your, your, your people. Huh? And, and, and then when you come across our face, we pray for you. Because we know you. The Bible says, know them that labor among you. If you ain't laboring, Yeah, you're passionate about it just like I am. Yeah, but but we don't we don't know yet when you ain't laboring. It's only the one that we see laboring that we. I gotta go. And y'all say y'all gotta go too. Everybody stand.